Welcome to the Rosie on the House Arizona Hour. Driven by Sanderson Ford. Your weekend wake-up tradition. It's Rosie on the House. And a beautiful Arizona Saturday morning to you all. And no matter where you is, it's, it is beautiful. I witnessed something this week that reminded me just to be thankful. I'd left the Whitman Plantation where the high was expected to be 110 for the day. Pulled into Prescott and somebody was complaining. It was 82 degrees and they were complaining because it was humid. I thought, you know, you're still in Arizona. We're still in America and it's still a beautiful day. So wherever you are, dump the grump today and make it a beautiful Arizona morning and Arizona day no matter how hot it gets. Like Rosie likes to say, dump the grump. Amen. Dump the grump. And never admit it's hot. No. Just It makes it hotter mentally. Yeah, it's warm. It's warm. No matter what it is. It's extra warm today. It's just warm. Yeah. It's going to be a hard day for me to stay focused. It's a beautiful day out here. It's a beautiful day. We are sitting in Prescott. We're up here for the National, I'm sorry, no, the Arizona Historic Preservation Conference. And we decided to hang out and broadcast here. We're sitting in renovations office on Knob Hill, looking at it over beautiful uh, mountain vegetation. But this is the first time that kids have ever been to a rodeo that I have not been at. When we registered, it had said Sunday the 16th for the Kingman Rodeo, and somewhere along the way it changed to the 15th, oh, and we had already made commitments to be here at this conference, so the whole the whole crew's in Big Red heading up 93 on the way to the Kingman for for a one-day rodeo at the Kingman Junior, Junior Rodeo Association. I, Good day for that. I've never Good been. Good day for that. I, I've never not been with them, so it's a little distracting, y'all, to help me keep focused. Well, good luck to all the kiddos. Yeah. And 90, 82 years ago today, Parker Dam got its first delivery of concrete, and it would take them nearly a year to complete the dam. 82 years ago. Hardly any power lines. No internet. That's right. Uh, what was the top speed of an F-150? In 1932, <laughs> I don't know an F-150, but I mean they were, they were approaching 180 miles an hour in Indy in the 30s. I don't think a concrete truck coming down to deliver a load at, at Lake Havasu, at Dam Parker Dam was was going 100 miles an hour. No, how, how long do you think that trip took? You know what, <laughs> Romy? I don't know much about the construction of the Parker Dam. When I was at engineering college at ASU, we actually studied the dam at Lake Powell and how they built railroad tracks over the site. And they would fill entire railroad cars with concrete, pull over the site and drop the bottoms. Tip it over. Oh, bottom drops. Just just bottom drops. And, And they poured concrete like that for, I can't remember how long, but that concrete is still not cured. And... There's always legends and myths that there's people inside those, but they pour it at such a slow rate. It's such a big structure when they dump those concrete. I mean, they're, they're maybe an eighth of an inch, a quarter of an inch at a time. It goes so slow, you would never 
not notice somebody stuck there. And Yo. they, they, if something had been in there, it would have caused the structure to collapse by now because of the void of air in it. So all those myths about there's people buried in the dam that died in construction. That's all. I know. All myths. I know they had a few deaths, but I think it was mostly the rock climbing crews yeah. <laughs> that were drilling the sides. Excavating the, the side. Yeah. Well, we are focusing on Lake Havasu this month as that's the destination for our staycation winter. They're going to be staying at the Nautical Beachfront Resort. It's actually a really neat place. It's part of Lake Havasu, but you get to see Lake Havasu. It's out on Pittsburgh Point, and the way it comes around Thompson's Bay, you're actually from the pool and the dock. You're looking back at Lake Havasu City and the mountain setting behind it. We're most everywhere else in Lake Havasu, if you're looking out over the water, you're looking at the California side of the backdrop. You actually get to turn around and see the Arizona backdrop. And if you book your trip 15 days in advance, it's called the Early Turtle, and they honor a 25% discount on room rates, and that's good through October 31st. The Nautical Beachfront Resort, and we'll learn a little bit more about that today. We've got the mayor lined up for an interview at the end of this hour. Mayor Cal, he, she, or she, he? She, he. She, he. Havasu. Lake Havasu City. Interesting little town. It is, and it's been fun discovering it and learning more about it as we featured it this month. We've got more about the London Bridge a little bit later today. And have you ever seen Arcadia Publishing? I know you have. It's these books that focus on connecting mm-hmm. Americans back to hometowns and communities. There's a ton of them written on Arizona. And if you go to the Arizona room at uh, the Barton Bar Library, they've got a collection of probably 70 or 80 different ones. Well, they've got a Tucson engineer, Jerry Cannon, that wrote the Arizona Historic Bridges. And he had a oh. slideshow at the conference this week. Lake Havasu wasn't in it the london bridge this one was focusing on route 66 and you always hear about route 66 route 66 yeah. route 66 do you know about u.s route 80 it's along the southern part of the state and it comes in uh you know near el paso and exits near yuma the entire route like 66 is no longer in place and it made me wonder i've got to get lance on the research side of how do they name the freeways because You've got U.S. Route 80 is on the south side of the state, and U.S. 66 is on the north. But when you get the interstate system, it's like the numbers are reversed. I-10 is on the south side, and the farther north you go, the higher the numbers go. So it's like the U.S. route started numbering, it seems like, on the northeast side. But when the interstate started, it started on the southwest side because you've got Coastal Route 1 and Interstate 10. And as you move farther west and farther north, the numbers increase. It's like a complete reverse of the numbering system. We'll have to get Doug Denzel back on the show and find out. <laughs> how, how do they name these freeways? And the states may do it different than the feds. I, I really don't know. And, and it's got a, uh, but he had a really cool slideshow of all the different bridges along 66 and 80. Some that are in existence, some that aren't, some that have been restored. And a lot of times you find the old bridge they left for preservation and as a tourist attraction and built the new bridge right beside it but that was a really fun you gary was looking at he's like go you got to sit in on this 66 (laughs) for me he's got this this 66 itch that 
He can't well, seem to scratch. I, I have the itch, but what was throwing me off was U.S. Highway 80. It does go through Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama to the northern part of the state, and it was throwing me like, how did U.S. 80 get out here? And it wasn't until Romy told me the story. I had no idea 80 was uh, came all the way out to the west. And they said in the presentation that was the ocean, original ocean-to-ocean ocean highway. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So learned a lot of great things at the Arizona Historic Preservation Conference Day. And the stuff that applies to all four themed hours of Rosie on the House, whether it's traveling Arizona, landscape, gardening, agriculture, uh, the open form hour, and then the on the house hour. A lot of the structures we're going to cover over it related to commercial buildings, but uh, it's still structures in Arizona and building related. You know, what commercial does you often see are, somewhat of a replication in the residential side and we'll have fun covering all the different aspects you know historical preservation commercial or residential isn't a big differentiation it's just expensive well it can it can contain some surprises along the way it was interesting the people developers that i sat in on that were talking about you know the disconnect between development and preservation one of them was a second-generation Arizonan. The other one was a fourth-generation Arizonan and had grandkids that are sixth-generation Arizonan. Wow. It took somebody connected to the community that prompted the preservation versus just flattening and rebuilding a, a new modern development. Well, you know, a lot of times the expense on preserving an older property comes in um, the jurisdiction's requirement that if you complete a remodel over a certain size, then the entire property must become in, compli code. in compliance with the current code. So many times what starts as a, you know, turning a half bath into a full bath, uh, maybe with a little sitting room off the side, turns into rewiring the house, uh, fire sprinklering the house, uh, bond beaming the house if it's a masonry home. Uh, and those are the kind of things that you've got to have somebody with a little bit of experience of historic preservation so you can set the expectations of what you're really going to have to do to get this, to get your project done. But it's always worth it. And the funny factor that adds into that is if it's an older building and it's something you're trying to keep registered as a historic site, New building codes <laughs> of today aren't what they were when the structure was built 100 years ago. So bringing it up to code and keeping the whole historic... Uh, Satisfying both. <laughs> building don't, don't always line up. So it was a lot of fun. We enjoyed our time and we'll be bringing you different things we learned from that along with taking your calls throughout the hour, 8 o'clock we've got... Jay Harper in answering garden landscape questions. Nine o'clock is the open line hour. We've got Dave Barrett coming by. We've been talking energy all month long, and we're talking about propane's role in Arizona as an energy source. And 10 o'clock, Tom Riley of Renovations will join us in talking about sustainability and how building science can reduce our demand on the grid system. That's all here at Rosie on the House. Thanks for joining us. Tuned up and rolling. It's the Rosie on the House Arizona Hour, driven by Sanderson Ford. All right, 
It's time for our weekly State Park Passes giveaway. True or false trivia question. If you think this is true, text TRUE to 411923. If it's false, text FALSE. The name Havasu, we're talking about Lake Havasu City all month long because that is the staycation destination. They'll be enjoying a weekend at the Nautical Beachfront Resort. Havasu, the name itself, comes from the Supai Indian tribe. True or false? To 411923, we'll pick a random right winner at the end of this programming segment before bottom of the hour news. And we'll send you two state park passes. These are physical passes. They look, they're the exact size of a business card. And they're good for any one of Arizona State's 35 parks, including Alamo Lake. We talk about Cactail Cove. We talked about Buckskin all along the Colorado River. There's a hidden one, Alamo. Now, there's not a lot of shade when you go to Alamo. So make sure you bring shade. But it's a big lake. And you know what? It's generally not very crowded, unless they got some big fishing tournament. And you got bass boats everywhere. But for weekend recreation, if the crowd's at Canyon or Lake Pleasant or uh, Saguaro, Bartlett, or you just, uh, that's one thing I never enjoyed about boating was the crowds. Now, you got to drive to get to Alamo. Yeah, it's a little bit of a drive, that's for sure. <laughs> Make sure you fill up in Wickenburg. Yeah. <laughs> Top off. Have roadside emergency because if you get a flat tire, you break down between Wickenburg and Alamo. It's a long stretch of nothing. Mm-hmm. So be prepared. It's not for the faint of heart, but you can get there and you can enjoy a lake to yourself. Uh, Arizona State Parks had a fun uh, Father's Day promotion this week. They prompted people to share outdoor stories about their dads and you would tag it classic dad and they would send anyone that shared a story about outdoors with their dads they sent them parks passes so there's more than one way to get arizona state parks passes you can follow them at arizona state parks and one of the funny stories was uh a woman shared a story about their dad taking them out mushroom hunting and i guess there's a moral mushroom morale morale well their joke is, their dad's a fun guy, but questionable morals. Morals. <laughs> and there's an entire Arizona Mushroom Society that work. Can you imagine going? In, of all the things we've ever gone and done out in the woods, have you ever said, "Let's go hunt for mushrooms"? No, that's <laughs> the one. Uh, I never knew him well enough to trust myself. Yeah, I was always a little concerned to get in the wrong kind. <laughs> yeah. That's just who, who would have thought one more thing you could find to do in Arizona go out and hunt you some mushrooms in the woods. I'll say one thing that will probably lead you to is some shaded climates. You don't find those <laughs> out in quartzite or along the creosote. You get up in the mountains, thick forest, dense pop, dense vegetation. Uh, there'd be something to do in you know? a cool country. You know, if you didn't want to go to the lake or you didn't want to just go hang out in a town, you want to do something outdoors. I bet you mushroom hunting keeps you in some, some pretty thick vegetation. I imagine it does. And, and the people that do it are, you know, are serious about it. I, it's quite a delicacy as I understand it, but I've never, that's one, one thing I've never done. We just don't know what done. we're missing. That's like, I guess not. In our trivia last week, we learned that the London Bridge is not really the London Bridge and its whole self. The original structure and why they tore it down is it was so heavy that it was sinking at a half an inch per year. That doesn't sound like a lot, but add up six years, 
That's three inches. Imagine rolling over that in your cart and buggy, horse-drawn cart and buggy. A pretty big jar at the end when it's connecting to the other side. Yeah. And so to reduce, even though our soils were stronger than what it was built on in England, our clay soils in Arizona were stronger, but they built a steel structure and then clad it with the stone that came from the London Bridge. And it took the overall weight of the London Bridge from over 100 tons to down to 30 tons. Oh, wow. And at Lake Havasu, you, there's something, if you're looking for a little event for the kids, the uh, movie festival, they've got free summer movie series going on all month long at the local theater. You can look up at golakehavasu.com and find out what different movies are playing. And they're playing them for free. It's 10 o'clock in the morning. Take the kids and go enjoy a free movie. You also have handcrafted mysteries going on tonight. I'm sorry, Friday and Saturday night. Today's Saturday, right? Today's Saturday. So Saturday, tonight, there's a, a magic show you can find locally. and It's known for its hot air balloon festival. Have you ever know, looked up how many hot air balloon festivals are in Arizona? So nope. This one in Lake Havasu is in January, so we missed that one for the year. But you know, there's also a the Arizona Hot Air Balloon Classic and at Goodyear Park down in Goodyear, Arizona. There's also White Mountain Hot Air Balloon Festival, June 28th in Lakeside over in Sholo. There's the Lake Powell Regatta on Halloween, October 31st. Colorado River Crossing held in November in Yuma. And... Today, there's the Mile High Hot Air Balloon Festival where you can enjoy a tethered 100-foot hot air balloon ride right off of uh, downtown Prescott Square. The Maha Park over there. The southwest side of the corner is the middle school. And in the football field, they're going to have four hot air balloons that you can go. And they've got, uh, apparently, it was kind of a more of a grown-up party. Because the press release stringently stressed it. We've got sodas this time, and we've got kids' <laughs> drinks, and we've got ice cream, and you can still get the great beers the festival is known for, but it's much more of a family environment. Well, that's going on today at uh, downtown Prescott, the Mile High Balloon Festival. Have you ever been in a hot air balloon? Never have. Jennifer and I made an appointment to float the Rio Grande in New Mexico, but today we woke up to go do it they canceled it because of weather so i've never been in one the rosie on the house arizona hour driven by sanderson ford they call it brisket not prescott it never gets too cold and never gets too hot it's got the trappings of the city but feels more like a town and everywhere you look oh, there's mountains all around oh, are you doing that live carrie yeah, brisket. <laughs> don't you just love that sound that sounds good and we are broadcasting Those guitar lessons come in handy yeah Everybody sounds very good we are broadcasting rosie on the house this morning from prescott arizona from the offices of tom riley's uh, remodeling company renovations rosie certified and uh, we're here with sweet jennifer and romy and myself rosie and just having an absolutely fabulous few days in prescott with the arizona preservation uh, historic preservation uh, symposium it, it, it's taken me all week to get that right i know, That's I know. A lot of words. Con- the, the arizona arizona historic, historic preservation, preservation conference yeah 
Yeah, it's not as hard as we're making it, that's for sure. Hey, well, we're covering Lake Havasu, and you had a trivia question. What do you think, true or false? Does Havasu come from the Havasupai Indians? True or false? Yeah, I, now, I, want, I wanted to vote true on that. Now, the word itself means blue-green water, okay, describing the water that flows through the Colorado River. But this was a hard one. That's false. Okay. It's it's a Mojave Indian word. Oh. Blue-green water of the Mojave language is Havasu. Ha- <laughs> okay. I'll buy it. So I wonder which Mojave had the idea of bringing a London Bridge over here. <laughs> Can you imagine pitching that idea? You want, to, you want me to invest in what? Yeah, I don't know. You're going to spend how much to do what? Huh? What? Well, <laughs> so if you texted false, uh, watch your phone. We're going to pick a random right winner once we filter through the numbers and find one that hasn't won in the last 12 months, and we'll send you two free tickets to Arizona State Parks. Miss Jennifer, what did you get out of the preservation conference? A lot. A lot. You know, I love Prescott. I, we've been coming up here since Rose and I were dating. We, just one of our first out-of-the-city dates was coming up here, and we just love this area. But I realized this week how much I take for granted what you find when you come here. You know, you come, there's all kinds of festivals and crafts and music and um Balloons. Thursday night, there was some concert downtown. Yeah, with just people sitting around listening in the, in the courthouse square. And, uh, and so... But it, it, would you really want to come if it wasn't for the setting? You know, the setting of the little historic town is so inviting, so walkable, uh, beautiful. Every season is really nice. So um, I just realized that there's been a lot of work that has gone into this. And a lot of credit was given this week and honored to Elizabeth Ruffner, who passed away this spring at the age of 99. And she came here in uh, at 20 years old in 1940. And she was very instrumental in getting... Um, things preserved. Her, the, her first kind of the bug that bit her was with the Carnegie Library, and she was she had it made sure that it was registered with the National Historic Registry, and then just from there just went on. And she's very very community minded and active. Um, so I just just want to kind of give a kudos to her and all that she set in motion, and then just all the people who came to the conference. You know, we had people from attendees from Florence and a lot of the tribal communities from. Um, Vale, from Tucson, from Clarkdale, Cottonwood, uh, even Glendale, you know, and um, the councilman from Glendale, Arizona, was actually fifth generation Glendale. He called it a Glendalean. Wow. <laughs> so not only Arizona, but yeah. to the town of Glendale. So, you know, Arizona has kind of some specific um, tri- tri- um, tribulations in getting these historic um, buildings maintained and restored because we don't have a lot of people who are generational. So, um, when those when those people who really have a stake in the in the community get active, that's when things start to happen. But it's not an easy thing, and it's not a cheap thing. So that was kind of the emphasis of this week: is how do you make it happen? And our open home hour will we'll cover a little bit more about uh, some advice given mm-hmm. by a developer on what to do to help make sure buildings get preserved and not demolished and and re- rebuilt with some new. Uh, modern structure and there's nothing new i mean if the building just physically can't you know it it won't always make sense to preserve every single building but it should at least every building is is deserves you know an evaluation before it's just 
plowed under. Plowed under. And then there was just a lot of classes, too, just on historic events of Arizona. And well, you did something on sheep? What did you what constant, um, class did you go to? It was about the sheep industry in Arizona. It was huge. At one point, uh, there was the, the sheep-to-cow ratio was 10 sheep to every one cow. There's over half a million sheep in the state of Arizona. A lot of that was... Uh, and the northern part of Arizona, and if you've ever been out in the woods around Williams, up on the Kayabab, and you've seen what's called a, they call it a lunette hearth, which I don't think is a great name because it's that name, the lunar, you know, insinuates a round, you know, crescent shape. These were, it was more like a, a rectangle, and you've got the two long ends and one short end, so it's like a big U. And it's these rock structures that are just, randomly out and if you stumble upon those that is the remains of an old sheep herders campsite and what those net harsh were used for was cooking a big part of their food was prepared in dutch ovens and at the time a lot of dutch oven cooking you know today you get a dutch oven book and it tells you how many barbecue charcoals you know you put six underneath and five on top and you know you each one is representative of this degrees and how to get it, and in, in you do charcoal on and around it. But back then, a lot of times, they would just bury it. Well, it's so rocky, they didn't have the time to sit there and, <laughs> and dig these big, uh, pits. big pits for their Dutch ovens. So they just stacked rock, and that helped keep the embers from spreading, which obviously for fire was a big concern. And it, it held the heat in. And it contained their their Dutch ovens for their cooking. Have and you ever seen one just stumbled across one? I haven't, but okay. I have. When we camped in Williams, uh, it's probably three or four summers ago. There, we did stumble across a big field, thousands of sheep, just out there, out there eating. And you could see a couple spots. There was dogs at different areas, and you could see a car over here and somebody walking over there, just kind of maintaining the herd letting them graze but what killed the sheep industry cattle no wolves it, <laughs> it's not a political show never mind the big byproduct of sheep was not meat it was their wool and after world war ii when their the sheep industry's biggest client the u.s military for their uniforms and blankets when they switched over to nylon, they could never get those sheep to grow nylon. Oh, uh, hmm. That was Rosie's joke from last <laughs> yeah. night. I got to give credit yeah. where it's due. <laughs> I knew there was couldn't breed that. <laughs> couldn't get that DNA working. Huh? <laughs> so that pretty much evaporated. There are two uh, families left that still herd sheep in Arizona, and they still walk them from uh, about what's the name of that farm coming up i-17 uh near duncan it's on the left hand side you, you used to talk about it a lot when you pass you go past cordis junction turn off but before you get to the cherry road it's on the left and you've got that duncan anyway from from about right there all the way up to the north uh plateau they they still heard them uh by by foot walking them up and down, and there's a blog. I will will post the blog. I didn't have it in front of me. It's in my uh, 
pile pile <laughs> of notes here that you could go on and they've got videos posted of the kids and uh, friends and the dogs and moving them up the across the river and you know why they built sheep's bridges because sheep are very hard to herd across water so that's why they built sheep's bridge to... across uh, the verde wet wool is see... not fun either yeah right <laughs> And you can still see that. I don't know if you can still cross it. There was a time you could still walk across it. I don't it. know. I don't know if it's still structurally sound, but if you're coming up I-17, you need a four-wheel drive in like three hours. But if you just turn eastbound on Bloody Basin Road and take it till it dead ends into the river, you can see Sheep's Bridge. And the first eight to ten miles is fine, but then when you've got that first drop-off, that's a little hairy. That's a little hairy, and you especially pulling a three-horse horse trailer. Five. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a four. We've put five in, uh, and you—that's where uh, Cave Creek dead ends into. You know, Cave Creek turns into a forest road and dead ends into a bloody basin road. Well, don't turn south. Keep going straight. You'll go under a big power line, and then the second set of switchbacks. If you thought the first one was hairy, you should, probably shouldn't do the second set of switchbacks down into the Verde River, but. At the end of that, you can get to Sheep's Bridge, where yep. they used to herd, herd the sheep across the, the river. I think that's Tangle Creek, isn't it? Did you go down? Mm. It's where Tangle Creek it is. It it's, is. It's the river. The Red Creek's above it, and then some Tangle. Yeah. Pretty, some pretty good catfishing in that area. <laughs> Beautiful part of Arizona. You yeah. can, if you're a pilot, you can get there. Uh, they've got a landing strip there. It's a dirt landing strip, and I don't know what kind of plane... A uh, little prop plane, but if you had a little Cessna, you could you could fly back there. And there is a, a shack that a lot of people use for uh, fishing overnight. Which is one of the beautiful parts of Arizona. One of those little remote little spots that uh, you have to work to get to, but uh, those are the kind of spots that sometimes are worth the, the most effort. They are. And the way the Arizona Historic Preservation Conference was laid out, uh, they had, it was... The headquarters was at the Hacienda Inn, which is right on Gurley Street. And then they've got uh, conference rooms in the hotel. But they also used the Elks Lodge across the street oh, for cool. an overflow. They had two rooms upstairs and then the auditorium. And I tell you, what a cool building that is and the restoration work that they've done on there. There's a lot of cool uh, performances that they have at the Elks Theater. You know what else they have is uh, they do movie showings. I... When it came out, only the brave, the story about the Prescott Mountain hotshots. Like I cannot watch this, and I still haven't to this day. But I've the last two times it's come up, I'm like, all right, I'm ready to watch that. I want to see the full story. Well, the 18th, 19th, and 20th, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday of this week at seven o'clock, for a cash donation of any value, uh, a dollar up to however much you want to to donate, you can go watch it at seven o'clock. Oh wow! At the at the Elks. And Wednesday night, they're doing an additional fundraiser event. You can go to PrescottElksTheater.com for all the uh, details along with all the other shows like Rockin' Live, which is a tribute to Sun Records, the recording company out of Memphis that first recorded Elvis, Johnny Cash, uh, Jerry Lee Lewis. They've got a, a tribute going on there. Then July 3rd, what's going on in July in Prescott? Well, it's the rodeo, the, rodeo. the July 4th. July 3rd. What do you think they're showing that night at Prescott? Oh, are they? Junior Bonner. Junior Bonner. Oh, boy. You beat me. <laughs> yeah. I got uh, that. That's one worth coming up for if you've not seen Junior Bonner. And it's fun to watch that. 
and then step outside. When was that movie? The the seventies. Seventies. Yeah. And you walk outside, and you're like, it, this it's is still it. the same. It's right here. <laughs> that scene happened right here. And you can go over to the palace and see inside there where the the big barroom scene is, and you go over to the rodeo grounds, and it's like this is. This is it. Yep. <laughs> One of uh, Steve McQueen's. I'm, I'm a pretty big Steve McQueen fan. I don't think there's many of his I haven't seen. And then the Johnny Cash Roadshow is July 13th. And the list goes on and on. That's PrescottElksTheater.com. And one of your favorites um, growing up, Susie Boggess, was there recently. Oh, really? It's a, it's a wonderful setting. Just beautiful. I have not been in it since it remodeled. Which was, what, three years ago, four years ago? Something like that. Yeah, I, have, I haven't been in it since it was remodeled. All right, well, but it's just a what half they, a block from where we're sitting, and we're yeah, walking in there after yeah, this. Just, just what they did to the facade made it look so much better. I mean, it was, a, it was pretty tired when they decided to put some effort into it. The Arizona Hour here at Rosie on the House. Coming back, we've got the mayor of Lake Havasu City on the line, Cal Sheehy. The Rosie on the House Arizona Hour, driven by Sanderson Ford. On this beautiful Arizona Saturday morning, welcome back to Rosie on the House. It's the 7 o'clock hour, our Arizona staycation hour. And the month of June, we're covering Lake Havasu City, the destination of our staycation winner. And to share a little bit more about the insight of Lake Havasu City, we've got Mayor Cal Sheehy joining us on the line. How's it in Havasu this morning, sir? Good morning. You know, it's beautiful here in Lake Havasu. Uh, the lake is just starting to heat up and uh, ready to to uh, welcome all of our visitors to Lake Havasu. That has got to be some pretty cold water coming out of the bottom of those dams from Powell and Mead. You know, that, that temperature from the dam isn't quite the water skiing temperature Lake Havasu that we enjoy in the summer. You know, as you get into uh, the, the basin of, of Lake Havasu itself, the water temperatures are warmer. Um, if you're looking for a little bit uh, cooler, you would head up river um, and, and enjoy uh, the cooler waters of the Colorado River. Now, where are you from originally? Originally from Michigan, northern Michigan. And what brought you to Lake Havasu City, and what inspired you to run for mayor? You know, my grandparents moved here in the late 70s, and so we traveled here as as, as kids, and uh, my mom wanted to move somewhere warmer, so she chose one of the warmest places in the United States, and, and I moved out here my sophomore year of high school. And, uh, you know, I love the, the outdoor recreation that Lake Havasu City has to offer from uh, boating and off-roading and hiking and uh, all, all, all things outdoors um, are available here in Lake Havasu City. When you meet people that aren't familiar with Lake Havasu City, what, what's a common misconception that you're faced with that you're like, no, that's not the way it is at all? <laughs> uh, you know, a lot of people think of Lake Havasu City as, as a getaway destination or a, a place to, to uh, let loose and have fun, which is, is absolutely um, acceptable. And we, we welcome visitors from all over the world. Uh, to see the iconic, uh, world-famous London Bridge uh, spanning here over the Bridgewater Channel. But it's also home to 55,000 Arizona residents that uh, live, work, and play here in uh, Arizona's West Coast. What are some of the things y'all are working on right now in in the city? You know, our our biggest uh, um, area that we're working on is to uh, attract young families and uh, business um, enterprises to our community. Uh, so that we can continue to be a sustainable economy well into the future. Uh, some of the projects that go along with that are some uh, downtown catalyst projects uh, to help redevelop 
and uh, ensure that our downtown remains a vibrant place for folks to go. Uh, we're also uh, focused on uh, the English Village and the, the area where the iconic London Bridge is. And we're focused on job initiatives to help diversify our economy um, as we move forward. What's the one thing you would want Arizona homeowners to think when they think Lake Havasu City? You know, Lake Havasu City is a great place uh, to, to travel to. We're not that far away. We're centrally located on Arizona's west coast, uh, just a few hours from uh, the valley. And it's a great place for, for Arizona residents to come check out and enjoy the beautiful Colorado River and Lake Havasu. And when you say you're trying to attract young families to move out there, how's the school and, and education system? Because I'm sure that's a, a big part of people's decision on where they put their kids. You know, we, we have a great uh, K-12 system uh, here in Lake Havasu City. Uh, it uh, is uh, educating, you know, our children of the future. Uh, this year, uh, they'll be opening uh, Classical Academy, which uh, is more of a uh, classical uh, liberal arts uh, education. Uh, we also have several charter schools. And Lake Havasu City is also home to uh, an Arizona State University campus uh, offering uh, 18 different degree programs uh, for uh, citizens to, to take advantage of at much less rates than the main campuses down in the valley. You know, 55,000, it is that kind of that you, you've got a small enough population to have that hometown, small town feel, but it's big enough that you've got all the accommodations and conveniences of modern living. And like you said, you're a couple hours in each direction from a, a, another major city. Yes, that's very true. It's, uh, again, the location um, is, is really good. We're just a, a few hours uh, from, from the valley, from Las Vegas, or into the mountains of uh, Flagstaff and, and the Sedona Prescott area. All right, we've been joined by Mayor Cal Sheehy of Lake Havasu City. Thanks for spending a few minutes this Saturday morning educating all of our listeners about Lake Havasu. Yes, thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity to share information about Lake Havasu City. And we all know the Grand Canyon as the number one tourist attraction in Arizona. Would you know the number two tourist attraction is the London Bridge? I would not have guessed that. I would not have guessed that either. Number two tourist attraction in Arizona, London Bridge at Lake Havasu City. We've enjoyed covering them. We've got a couple more weeks we'll be covering them. Our staycation winner will be traveling there next week, and we'll visit with the Nautical Inn Resort. If you'd like to win your Arizona staycation, you go to rosieonthehouse.com slash travelaz, or just click on the staycation tab from the homepage. Register to win at the end of the day today. We always draw on the 15th of the month, the end of the day today. We'll be drawing sending somebody in Arizona to Cole's Ranch up past Payson. When was the last time you were at Cole's Ranch? There's a crawfish festival yep. for me. Was that 04 or 05? It's been a nice weekend in the pines.